0: Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. We're at the World Fantasy Convention, and today we're speaking with Writers of the Future 26 winner, Laurie Tom, who had her story, Living Rooms, as the published story that year in uh, in Volume 26. So welcome, Laurie.
1: Hey, thanks for having me aboard.
0: So it's been, uh, I guess, 10 years Mm -hmm. since since you won the contest. Yes. (laughs) So how long have you been writing uh, prior to... Uh, winning the contest
1: oh that it's kind of funny because I started writing when I was 12 but it was kind of on off so uh-huh. I don't have a period of time where I think oh this is when I really started writing yeah. it's just eventually I got to a point mate, where I started sending things out but uh, it was a it was a very strange process because I, it's been part of my life for so long I don't really want to put a date on yeah. it yeah yeah, uh, I I probably I mean because I started when I was twelve. I was probably I've probably been writing almost ten years by the time I made my first submission. But obviously, because of life experience and stuff, mm-hmm. my early work was not that good. I was not, the, not a hotshot writer when I was twelve. I might have sent something in the mail off to fancy and Science Fiction because I thought it was great, <laughs> and and got my first rejection letter. <laughs> but that. It took a long time before my skill caught up to my eagerness to write.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are not dissimilar to you having started writing when they're very, very young. And so how your course to becoming a a published author is very much um, germane to what they're going to be interested in hearing about. So um, just any of the the successes and pitfalls that you experienced on that initial runway to it, get published?
1: Um, for me personally, it was not, I needed, I was writing a lot, but I didn't know what to do with my writing because I was doing it for fun. Uh-huh. And so I needed to go online, find resources on places to actually send my work to. I did mention I sent something to Fancy and Science Fiction because that was the one magazine I subscribed to at the time. Right. right. Um, but I didn't realize that. There were actually other markets out there. It wasn't until I got older and I got to college, I had a I had a writing professor who was also a science fiction and fantasy writer, and he said, "Hey, you can go to this site for. Hey, Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America has a list of markets. Check this other site. This is an author. She air she keeps a list of all the markets out there, their pay rates, where you mail things to, and there was and once I had that then i had the information and i needed to start sending things out and they still weren't very good mm-hmm. but i could start sending them so I, I think for new writers go online find find good resources is of information because there's a, there's a wealth of stuff out there but it's not going to come to your front um, to your front door
0: <laughs> right so did you you start off with short with short stories obviously you said fnsf F- yeah but um, have you ventured into the novels
1: well, I've written some novels. They are not out yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do like the long form, and I'm I'm ho- currently working on a series that I a, hope to put out. But I mean, there's nothing solid on those yet.
0: So you've you've continued to keep your hand in with respect to short fiction, then?
1: Yes, uh, most of my publications have been in short fiction, and I I'm looking into moving no longer stuff, but most of it's in short right now. I got it. So on um. When you came out to,
0: you came all the way to uh, Hollywood <laughs> from Orange County <laughs> um, to uh, that workshop week, um, how did that go for you? Any particular highlights? It was,
1: it was a lot of fun meeting my fellow winners. I think that was the best experience when we were all hanging out there together, going through the same things, mm-hmm. wandering around, trying to find different groups of strangers on the street. <laughs> <laughs> He'd, and, I mean, I remember when we were doing our 24-hour story, I, my roommate and I holed up in our room, but we came down for dinner at one point, and we would see three of the other guys all in the lobby, huddled around their laptops, and everyone was working really hard. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it's, it's just like a lot of camaraderie getting to do that with a group of other people who are in the same situation. Mm-hmm. And it's such a small group that it's no wonder that you bond over the course of the week.
0: Yeah. Any of the judges that you found more... Um to what you're looking for, that of assistance?
1: Hey, Tim Powers was fantastic because since he's also local to Southern California, he was talking about going to conventions as a writer. And I didn't really want yeah, uh, I'm I'm rather introverted, so I didn't like the idea of going to a convention and not knowing anybody. And he said, "Why don't you come to Lascon? Uh, and uh, he's like, hey, "And I told him, I don't, I'm not going to know anyone." He's like, "I'll be there. You know me." <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then he did this wonderful thing where I, I, I had a signing that at, that first Lost Con. I was like, "No one's going to come. I'm in, just in the Writers of the Future anthology. That's it." It, and so I was at the table, and Tim's like, "I'll come show for you and he actually came out to the table and started shouting, "Hey, Laurie, Tom we're the right So the future's over here signing books, and I'm like, Oh my God, Tim is doing this for me <laughs> It was really nice of him
0: it's very nice he's he so respects the contest and the winners because he knows that if you if you make the the cut as a winner, you really are the best of the best and that's mm-hmm. one thing that um we had Scott Card over recently and talking to him about the contest. And he says, it doesn't level the playing field. You totally take the top off the, the top of the playing field, and everything else that's left over um, is what's left. You know, mm-hmm. he said, it's the rise of the future is the top. I mean, he just goes on with it as well, short mm-hmm. fiction is a very hard sell in. Um, publishing. They said, you know, with Rise of the Future, it's just, it does what nobody else does. And so he was very emphatic about it. With respect to writers of the Future then, and, you know, the number of people entering the contest, one of the things that has come up on, because I've talked to various people, what do you like to hear about, is one is the encouragement, and two is uh, don't give up. You know, keep mm-hmm. on, you know, that encouragement to go on. So with respect to that, is there anything that worked for you on keeping you going and persisting and not giving up?
1: Well, in relation to the just content, in general or? for yourself okay, okay. as an author,
0: what works for you?
1: Well, I mean, for me as I had mentioned I and I've I've always been a writer, so even if it wasn't possible to get published-ish and, I mean, yeah. quite frankly, make some money at this. Yes, <laughs> <As, laughs> I would probably be writing anyway just uh-huh. because I find it really enjoyable. I don't know if that... Not everyone necessarily has that sort of, like, thing where they're like, I, I would really like to be writing. Even if, uh, even if there was nothing else, I would still be writing. So I I find it very easy to keep going. I mean, I, I might left to my own devices maybe i would take a longer break between projects but i would always be writing because there's always a shiny new idea i'll be I, I might be watching something like a tv show and i'll be and i'll think you know i really wish i they did it this other way and i'll think about it and i'm like i'll write that story i'll, cha- I'll change yeah. the circumstances <laughs> but i will go this other route that they never did because i want to see that story yeah <laughs> and and if no one else will write it then i will write it <laughs>
0: That's interesting you say that because when I talk to other authors, that is exactly their perspective as well. I I can't not write, you know, so a writer writes, Mm -hmm. you know, and so there's a difference between like I want to be a writer and I am a writer, you know, a writer writes. So what is your, what's your writing schedule like?
1: Generally when I'm, I'm on a project, like if I'm on a novel project, I'll write between two or 3,000 words a day until the novel is done. I need to do that because otherwise the project starts falling out of my head and I start forgetting things. Things. Uh-huh. If it's a short story, I go slightly slower, about a thousand words, because short stories, it's a, the structure is different. It's a lot tighter, so I need to make sure those words count. So even mm. though there are fewer being produced each day, they they they, they kind of are compressed and more carefully chosen because I as there's not a lot of room. I mean, short fiction markets, they really like to push down towards like 4,000 words. I mean, there's some um, strong, um, higher, but 4,000 is kind of like the sweet spot for, for mm-hmm. short stories. And you have to be really careful about oh, t- how many words you fit in. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, it's got to be dense. Everything's got to fit. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that just takes a little more out of me. So the short story word count is is lower. And then I'll take a, after I finish a project, I generally take a break. And how long it is depends on what I just finished. If it's a novel, I might not write anything for a month. Uh, if it's a short story, I might be ready to go again in like a week. I get it.
0: So on the types of stories you like to write, any, like do, you, do you like to spread the, the, your, your writing over fantasy and science fiction?
1: I write both fantasy and science fiction, and when I first started, I wrote about 50-50, but I found out that I was selling about 75% fantasy to 25% science fiction, so now it's shifted, and I write more fantasy because I know this is what I can sell.
0: That's good. That's that um, that one essay on the, on the workshop, The Manuscript Factory, mm-hmm. where Owen Hubbard goes through, and he, he analyzed you know, he, all the different genres he wrote, and then he worked out how much he made per, per word and per story. And he said, okay, this is, and that's how he would work out where he would write, even though he maybe wrote more of other stuff. What he actually sold to make most of his money with was what he would try to focus on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels a bit mercenary, but I mean, I'm, I like writing both genres. Uh, uh, so if, if I'm going to write anyway, I'd rather get it <laughs> right in the one that I can get a yeah, little more money I mean, from. <laughs> for sure.
0: I mean, that's, that's part of the industry of writing yeah. as well. You know, if you're going to do that, do you envision yourself becoming a full time writer and have that be your sole source of income at some point?
1: I, w- I would like to, uh, but I would have to be making a, l- a lot for that to happen because. I mean, living in the uh, living in the U.S. healthcare is expensive, so I would live have in to, California. Take your yeah, ca- yeah, it. California <laughs> especially. So I would need to be making so much that I could afford private health insurance and 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 make it work without breaking the bank. So that that like, that would require a level of success way beyond what I have right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, if I could do it, yeah, but I don't. I'm not planning on that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So right now so you have your day job and then you've got your writing so um, how do you apportion so in terms of you say you gave the word count but how does that translate time-wise to do your 3000 plus a day
1: Okay what I would what I generally do is we're 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 allotted a break a 15 minute break time at work and then I have my lunch break so I'll basically go take my morning break, <laughs> out comes the laptop. I, uh, I'm i really good at starting up fast. So I don't need the 15 minutes to get ready. I just open up the laptop and I start working. Then Lunchtime comes, that's an hour. I work. Later afternoon comes, another 15 minute break. I and by the time that's done, that's about an hour. I do about 500 words an hour. So there's 1000 words. And then I go home, home and I have to do it before I eat dinner because once I eat dinner, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I go home and then I, home, and then I write in the remaining like thousand, two thousand words and then I eat <laughs> I and, eat, and then I eat and then I, and that's my day when I'm working on a novel.
0: And then with a the short story, are you still able to be as like focused in because in, you're talking about you have to get the exact right words there because you have it's got to be more dense you used to be able to use the same thing with your fifteen hour, fifteen during work, and then come home and.
1: Yeah, it it's about the it comes out about the same. I can aim. I'll work in my breaks, and I'll work during my lunch, and then I and I'll will finish up whatever is left over at home. Um, it, it, it it's a thousand words, so it, it goes slower, but I can be able to fit it in in the same amount of time.
0: Really, so you can still do the thousand words over the, during your your work day? even when you're doing a short story?
1: Well, it, it'll probably be more like... It might be more like 750, and yeah. I'll do the last $2, 250 at home. But I'll, I usually get most of it. But I, I, I know not everyone does this, but I, I'm a compulsive outliner so uh, (laughs) so I will that's a a good good thing that we're talking about here
0: because this is what other people need to be able to think with
1: yeah so most people don't outline short stories but I do outline my short stories so that that kind of helps and when I'm working I mean I can just focus more on like can I get this all to fit in a particular scene with the word count I have in mind rather than where is the story going because I already know where the story is going it's in the outline so okay
0: so this is in because I've not talked to anybody about this before so now this is going to be the, the subject of this podcast okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it gets promoted so how do you go about that then outlining a short story how start from the very beginning That the concept and how, like walk us through how you go through that
1: I'll have an I'll have an idea mm-hmm. usually a lot of times when I write short short stories now is for a particular call oh like my anthology or a special theme and so i'll I have what is essentially a writing prompt, right? Um, and I'll think about the story, the e idea. Like, well, I'll, I'll use for, for example, there was a there was an, an issue of Harrison Intergala- Scott Card's intergalactic medicine show called oh, "Festivals on the Front." And the whole idea was that it was supposed to be a war story set around, you know, on a December-themed holidays. Mm-hmm. So I they knew that I needed something, meaning that I was going to base around Christmas, and it had to be a war story. So I started thinking, okay, I want a war story around Christmas. Oh, there was that whole Christmas truce with World War I. I thought, maybe I can do something with that. And then I decided, well, I, I wanted to... Uh, there was a video game that did a store, went the thing where it went, out. the story went one way and I thought it would have been really interesting another way. So I put, picked that idea out and uh, and I had, so I had my protagonist, I had the setting and then I realized like, okay, what's what does this protagonist want? What, do, and, um, what are her circumstances? Because she's part of like this special secret military unit. And so I started just kind of like bullet point brainstorming, like paying who she is, how are units, kids, put together and she has special powers because this is a fantasy story he how did she get her powers and ideas and once i had that then i realized like okay the story i wanted a, it needs to be really clear that this world war one so i have to open with the showing and crossing mm. the trenches so i made sure like that was like the start of the uh, of the starting scene and then I, and I put another scene in it then i realized like okay a she wants to be cured of her condition because she doesn't like it. So I need to eat a scene where she comes back and she and the rest of her squad are put in their air-holding cells because they're completely poisonous to other normal humans. And, and that sets up what the stakes are, why they don't like their current situation. And then I, after that, uh, to escalate it, there's a surprise new member of their squad who voluntarily went through this horrible transformation process to turn her into a poisonous maiden. And and that and this is, it's like an inciting incident because the characters now know that not only are they trapped fighting a war that they don't really want, but their government is not at, uh, actually working on the cure so much as trying to make more of these people because they find out that these mains are great weapons. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the ends and so I I have I built out like each scene what it was supposed mm-hmm. to do so that way I could have the finale where they basically the unit rebels and run off with the research so that way they can eventually work on a cure and because it was christmas themed i did have them like the final scene is them in no man's land between trenches where nobody wants to touch them because they're like poisonous people oh and they're building a christmas tree out of, out of like the they the leftover equipment and like they have like it's a, a withered tree with uh barbed wire and like the spike <laughs> helmet <laughs> on top instead of a star. But the thing is, even though it, it I mean, it, it's an unusual image. And at the end of it, I mean, they're still free. Uh-huh. They're not part of, of, they're not trapped by this government that wants them to basically go kill other people when they'd rather be cured and like live like normal people again. Right. And, and I, and so I, I just outlined all the scenes and I, once I had that, it was, uh, writing the story was just like okay this scene needs to happen and this scene needs to happen and I know why what the point of the scene is and then it, was, it allowed me to just keep writing very quickly to get all of it out.
0: Well that explains then how you can go there and in 15 minutes you just write into it I was like how does she do that
1: wonder woman (laughs) well because i already know where the story's going so it's just like i open up my outline file and i have my my writing file it's like oh yeah i left off here and then i and i'm just expanding the outline at that point
0: right oh that's brilliant i said this has not come up before obviously in novels it is but not on short fiction but that that totally makes sense and especially with someone on a real tight schedule to be able to Take advantage of all these little slots. It'd probably be good also for uh, for parents who are have the, the job of taking care of the, the little ones mm-hmm. that uh, can be very much a distraction at, at times, you know. So, um, no, that's that's great. So, what's your uh, what plans do you have for the future for yourself as a uh, um, that people who want to be able to to read you that they can find.
1: Oh, I'm curious. I'm I'm currently on Curious Fictions. It's a short fiction site, and some works, some authors post works there for free, and I mm. do have a few. I also have additional short stories there that are subscriber only, and these are not available anywhere for free online. So readers can find me there. I'm also going to be serializing a novella called Jack of Spades on Curious Fictions very soon, and that will be subscriber only. And they just—is it Lori Tom?
0: That's yes. It's L A U R I E T O M. Correct. Good. And then, if they want to be able, anybody wants to be able to reach you and, and communicate, reach out to you. How do they do that?
1: I'm I'm on Twitter, which is probably the best way to reach me. And I'm at Writer Rat.
0: Writer Rat. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know it's not my name. Uh, if you if you use a Twitter search engine and you type in Laurie Tom, I, I will come up. But my actual handle is Writer Rat.
0: Okay. Good. And uh, any last bit of advice for the aspiring writer that, because I mean, Resident Future is open to everybody to, uh, to enter who's not been professionally published before. So, any particular uh, advice or tips you'd give to the uh, aspiring writer? Uh,
1: I would say finish what you write, send it out, don't worry about it too much, start on the next project. Because you are going to get better and you can't get hung up on that first story. No matter how much you love it, keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Writers and illustrators of the future are contests created by L. Ron Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Lori.
1: Thank you.